0: About jogging? jogging. Whoa, man, well, the glitch just scared me to death.
1: <laughs> that's because we were just talking shit about raw eggs. The raw egg gods are yeah. onto us. <laughs> the, the
0: the raw egg gods are also uh computer audio glitch gods. Computer they,
1: audio they, glitch.
0: Yeah, they they share those responsibilities. <laughs> uh yeah, raw Dude. eggs and glitches. That's what I'm in charge of.
1: Computer audio. Holy shit computer audio glitch gods now <laughs> if that is an acronym it's it's it be cags cags yeah, computer like, audio glitch gods
0: yeah like like kegels
1: yeah keg <laughs> the kegel muscle is that or is that the yeah. is that a thing yeah it sure is <laughs> okay that's that's what i thought but i i don't know my anatomy and <laughs> science is pretty uh, pretty uh uh yeah it's it's low low brow
0: well yeah it's um the pelvic floor for Mm. muscles it supports the uterus bladder small intestine and rectum
1: (laughs) and ladies and gentlemen that is your science class for the week Is Dan?
0: Uh my name is Eric.
1: And we're both <laughs> we both have PhDs in science now, apparently. Uh, I have PTSD biologists. in science. <laughs> um I I have more PTSD in math than I do science, but science for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh so speaking of, we mentioned this thing called music earlier. Um
0: we did. <laughs> I wanted
1: to bring up an interesting thing real quick before yeah. we get into our review segments uh mm-hmm. have you heard do you have you watched ever watch stranger things on netflix yes
0: uh-huh i sure have
1: so have you seen the latest uh season yet i watched
0: through the middle uh with the big the big scene the big yeah running the, up that hill scene yep yep so like part but one it was like really long and really I found that episode to be unbearably serious.
1: Yeah, they're. God, it was
0: like every conversation was just.
1: I'm gonna miss you so much. Yeah, yeah. It's like Jesus, and (laughs) and they could have done so much more with the long-haired '80s metal guy character that they introduced. Was on the run. The one that was on the run, and anyway so in part two spoiler um, alerts well this isn't really a spoiler at this oh, point good. i mean if anybody listening if you really want to like skip through this go ahead if you feel but this has honestly, been honestly just skip
0: all the way to the end this, so you'll <laughs> enjoy it a this lot more
1: this, uh, yeah i was talking about the entire podcast by the <laughs> just way, turn it off um, now. but uh this has been reported heavily at this mm-hmm. point um that if you haven't even seen it, like I haven't seen part two of the new season. Yeah, I guess yet. I haven't either. And but I guess there's a scene mm-hmm. where to summon, or either to summon or defeat the big monster. I guess that he <laughs> starts playing master of puppets.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Have I you, heard about that.
1: So you heard about this? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's not really a spoiler alert. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it. I guess it is if you care that much about it but um yeah it, it,
0: in case you haven't heard there's this band called Metallica yeah there's this band and they called just Metallica. put out this song called Master, Master of, puppets.
1: of Puppets so there are actually memes being shared by people that mm-hmm. are that are like
0: <laughs> oh, <geez.
1: laughs> it's just so ridiculous it's like I guess <laughs> supposedly I, I don't believe this is real in 2022 by the way uh the um there are people that are apparently criticizing the kids that are heard master of puppets for the first time because of stranger things. And they're like, Oh, here's master of puppets on stranger things mm-hmm. goes and buys St. Anger.
0: <laughs>
1: and I'm, just, I'm like,
0: Boomer take.
1: really? Are we really going to like, I mean, like at this point, it's so ridiculous to be like that sort of that level of gatekeeping is yeah. so like, insane to me like at this point and it's not like metallica is like people are acting like metallica is some sort of obscure metal band again or something <laughs> like right oh yeah you know uh this uh really really cool underground mm-hmm. band called metallica has the song yeah. called master of puppets you know and it's yeah. just like all these freaking posers are getting into them <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> it's just like i mean I don't know. I don't know if maybe you like traveled back in time to '86, right? But the Black album came out at one point in time <laughs> already. Well, I mean, I
0: kind of feel like, uh, yeah, they're cool. I I really like their early stuff. I I feel like that was said first about Metallica, <laughs> right? They're the original. I'm into their early stuff. You know, like that gatekeeping has been happening forever, but now it's just like lame and sad yeah, it's yeah. just like what are you protecting your memories well, as a, gives right,
1: a exactly, exactly. <laughs> 12 year old exactly exactly let 12
0: new 12 year olds have new memories but the people really don't want p- new listeners <laughs> like that's mine don't mess with it yeah i think
1: it's really dumb it is it's, it's absolutely it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well and th- that that just kind of goes like mm. with the whole thing when people were railing against like selling out like green <laughs> yeah. day or something, you right. know? And it's just like, what, you don't want one of your favorite bands in the universe to be successful. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. It, it, it's always been silly to me. Uh, yeah. So, but I well, actually, that. I can't, yeah. I can't, sorry. I can't say that I have to actually say, uh, cause there might be a few people that knew the 19 year old me. Mm-hmm. And the 19 year old me was pretty douchey about some stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I was into Fugazi first.
0: Yeah. I mean, we all, we're all like that, but the thing is, I was actually into all of it before anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so I feel like I interrupted you what? from starting no. to say something. Well, do you remember, were you going to oh, say Metallica?
0: Something? I was going to say oh, that okay. people were upset because it, like made them chart or something and moved them up some like the billboard thing or something.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, um, are you talking about because of stranger things?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. And also, but even more, what's interesting mm. about that. It's like number six on like the most streamed Spotify yeah. songs now. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what number one is? Is it still Kate Bush? Yes. Yeah. It's
0: and pretty, do you know why wild. that is? Because of stranger things. <laughs>
1: Stranger Things is controlling the music industry right now, folks. Yeah,
0: that's all right. As long as your music came out in 1985,
1: you're set. So, or I need to find a way. What year is
0: that show now?
1: (laughs) What year? Oh, I think the show is set in '86.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Cool. So I need to find a way to lie to stranger things mm-hmm. and tell them that my music came out in 1986.
0: Hmm. Well, and, they already made it though.
1: <laughs> well, but there's going to, de- there's going to be another season. Oh, you know, well
0: there's... then you'll have to do 1987.
1: Yeah. 1987. <laughs> this came out the same year as look what the cat dragged in. Oh man. Good, <laughs> good record. It is a good record. Uh, I watched well, an
0: interview for... with Jay Mascus yesterday and they yeah. asked him who his big influences were. Yeah, and he totally didn't say CC DeVille. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and I don't understand it. I don't understand why Jay Mascus acts like he's not an 80s hair metal shredder.
1: Okay, so check this out. Um I remember you saying that a while ago on an episode that <laughs> yeah. It was it was the hair metal episode. You were like yeah. saying that CC DeVille is one of your favorite guitarists and yeah, He's great. Jay Mascus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> sounds <laughs> like he was influenced by CC yeah. DeVille. Well, all right. So <laughs> I was talking to our enemy, Chuck, the other day. Uh, yeah, shitty Chuck. And Chuck said that. He was like, we were uh. talking... Because I've been delving into the the major label Dinosaur Junior 90s catalog lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just listened to Green Mind and Without a Sound. Yeah. And um, Chuck said something about... So is it me or... Uh, are you listening to Dinosaur Jr. and saying that this could totally be poison? And I was like, What? I was like, Eric said the same thing. Eric said that you, that, uh, you know, Jay Mask's guitar playing sounds just like CC Develop. I honestly did not see it until the first track off of Without a Sound. Yeah. There's a guitar solo the guy does for literally like two minutes. And I'm like, okay, this sounds oddly familiar. Wait, I was like, wait a minute, this is the same tone that I'm hearing on every Rose has. I was like, oh my (laughs) god, they're right.
0: Well, I'm right. Chuck just stole that idea from me. I mean, (laughs) well, okay,
1: you're right. Yeah, Chuck steals everything. I mean, he knows it. Chuck steals everything and takes over everything. It's it's horrible. Just yeah,
0: I'm surprised he hasn't taken over this podcast somehow.
1: Yeah, I know. I wonder Not to say why. it wouldn't be better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not like it would uh, improve things. In fact, <laughs> if you want to hear a worse version, <laughs> mm-hmm. come on over, Chuck. Oh, wait, I shouldn't encourage him. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. But yeah, C.C. DeVille and yeah. J. Mask. So who did he say was his influences?
0: Oh, man. Do I don't remember? even remember. Uh-uh the I one too, thing i'm too mad about <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> dis and cc well wow. yeah anyway. so this
1: is why you need to be a journalist because then you would just be like bullshit yeah. like every answer bullshit and he's like, bullshit well, jay <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit shit yeah
0: um never tell you about the time uh that i walked by jay mascus and <laughs> and then and- talked to him did I ever tell
1: you that story? No, what was he playing at games or something?
0: No, it was in Boston. And um oh,
1: you were in Boston.
0: Yeah, and he played at um Berkeley.
1: Like uh-huh. this weird
0: thing that like Fred Armisen was there and uh-huh. and then Jay Mascus came out and played songs with him. I don't know, yeah. it's weird. But then later in the night, uh we had left the hotel and we walked out and, and Jay Mascus was walking up the street.
1: Wow. <laughs> and I said, thing?
0: yeah, I said, hey, good show, Jay. But what actually came out of my mouth was "The good show, Jay. <laughs> <voice broke>. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, thanks. And then, uh, and then my wife laughed at me for a long time. <laughs> Pretty much every time we listen to Dinosaur Junior, she still says,
1: good Joe, Jay. And I don't. (laughs) I don't. Uh, (laughs)
0: It's a stupid story.
1: Uh, I'm just thinking of like what would happen if you saw Jay-Z walking down the street. Good (laughs) Joe, (laughs) Jay-Z. Jay Mascus talks exactly like how he sings. (laughs) Like exactly like how he sings. I I don't want that to sound... like i'm making fun of the guy but i i don't don't know he he talks in such a Mm -hmm. like you know how some people talk like i heard jeremy enick from sunny day real estate talk and i'm like this is the guy who sings for sunny day real estate like he sounds like a redneck when he Mm -hmm. talks i'm -hmm. like you know and and i don't mean that in any condescending way but he sounds like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like uh, he doesn't sound like he sings at all but jay Mastis, Yeah, i
0: know what you mean he's like oh everybody how's it going like
1: that <laughs> i mean i'm in sunny day real estate. got this new album out called diary uh it's got a song called seven on it <laughs> uh, uh but uh <laughs> jay mascus talks exactly like mm-hmm. how he sings and and yeah it's it's weird it freaks me out whenever i see a jay mascus interview yeah uh, because of that
0: <laughs> yeah he's um pretty low energy
1: extremely low energy and i don't know if like if that's for any particular reason or if he just doesn't care either way dinosaur juniors uh,
0: ultimate slacker
1: <laughs> yeah either way dinosaur junior is quickly becoming one of my uh this see, that's another band. Like, like, I am those kids getting into Metallica for the first time only with mm. Dinosaur Jr. Nice. Yeah, it's weird. I yeah. never for some reason I never gave them a chance.
0: I I really liked them growing up, and they really had a pretty big impact on my my music and how I approach music. Like, yeah. seriously, like, where you've been, just how things go into like especially like what else is new. Um, with the string part and the timpanies and everything. Like I hadn't really heard that in like rock music up to that point. And also just how sad it all is and how vulnerable Jay Mascus is like, and how it's still super aggressive rock at the same time. All of it. It's great.
1: Yeah. Especially those first three albums. I can hear how like Doug Marsh from built to spill said that, one of his biggest influences was always Dinosaur Jr. And mm-hmm. it's like, I can totally see how Dinosaur Jr. was like a template for like built to spill modest mouse who they're like, mm-hmm. eh, they're not exactly punk rock, but you know, they're a little too sad to be mm-hmm. punk rock, you know, but like they have punk rock flair in their music at the same time. Mm-hmm same with nirvana it, it makes total sense that nirvana were influenced by dinosaur you know for sure but yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, crazy stuff but yeah i just wanted to talk uh i wanted to make a little bit of a <laughs> um i guess opinion piece about the whole metallica stranger things thing it's like
0: yeah. if you
1: i guess basically like my thing is is like if you're old like me mm-hmm. um don't be that douchebag who makes fun yeah. of kids for like getting into like yeah. don't hate kids like <laughs> like dude I'm a, i'm actually ecstatic whenever i you know and, and i've ran into a couple of like 20 21 year olds who are like it's like they're into like del the funky homo sapien or something it's like how many mm-hmm. 20 year olds are into like deltron you know mm-hmm. what i mean oh most of the time you know like rap is know whatever's current and that's that's great that's fine it should be whatever's Mm -hmm. current but it is nice too if they're also delving into some of the history of it or whatever you know what i mean like i that that does excite me where i think it's just it's weird to just be like what the fuck man you know yeah and even if saint anger is their first metallica album so what yeah like i mean yeah i I guess i would rather yeah as
0: long as it's not (laughs) Load.
1: yeah oh the load is way better than saying anger dude (laughs) i'll go back but saying anger though even if it is their worst even if it's lulu well i don't know maybe that's where i'll draw the line
0: and then they'll just hate Lou Reed, too.
1: <laughs> God, old people music sucks. Yeah, what the hell it. is this Metallica God. shit they're playing on Stranger Things? Yeah. My God. This is old people <laughs> shit. It's like, like, so what do you think of that Metallica CD you bought? I don't know. That singer's a little weird, he doesn't really <laughs> sing so much as it just talks. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, I checked sure. out
1: some <laughs> of his solo work, it doesn't sound like metal at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, he even had a record called Metal Machine Music. There's not yeah. one bit of metal on
1: it. <laughs> that would be so funny if people thought that. Yeah. Lou Reed was the singer of Metallica because of that one album. (laughs) Uh, That would be so funny. I wouldn't correct them either. I'd let let them walk through life thinking Lou Reed sings for Metallica. (laughs) Like, I just think that would be Uh, such an interesting existence.
0: The Metallica Underground.
1: The Metallica Underground. (laughs) Um, Oh, that
0: is a disgusting word to say. Yeah, Metallic Metallic. underground
1: Gundergroundy yeah, had underground. Is. Underground. Yeah, that's oh my god. Wow. Um yeah, let's move on to some record reviews. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 do that. What yeah. do you say? What do you say? For sure. Um, if you're really into something that sounds like a cross between noise rock, black metal, or grindcore and grindcore, excuse me. Uh also if you like the idea of something that sounds like A cross between Amphetamine Reptile Records, anything Mm -hmm. on Amphetamine Reptile Records. Dark Throne, Napalm Death, The Melvins, Electric Wizard, with a bunch of high and low vocals. More high than low, but there Mm -hmm. are some low vocals. So this right here is just a little um, blast of energy, man. It's a very short record. It's from a band called Shapeshifter, who are from Japan, which... Mm -hmm. I am increasingly finding out Japan has the best like noisy rock releases, it seems mm. like they have the best hardcore punk, they have the best grindcore, and they're just there's always been something very spazzy about ja I don't know if it's Japanese culture, but this kind of stuff is almost mainstream in their culture sometimes. Mm. That's kind of what I've observed. Um anybody who may know more about Japanese metal and culture, you know, feel free to comment and let me know, but it seems like they have more of an appreciation for this stuff just overall than here in the U S which is saying a lot because there is actually a lot of appreciation for this stuff Mm -hmm. in the U S as well. Um, Especially now more than ever, but yeah, this is just a very chaotic, very quick, but also fairly experimental. I would just call Mm -hmm. this like a, like a punch to the gut, man. It's just, basically here here and out um i think it's less than 20 minutes long um there's what is it like 12 songs or something total 11 songs Mm -hmm. i don't know i should know more about the releases i'm reviewing but uh, it's um it's fairly experimental it doesn't deviate too far from the formula i mean it starts off with a noise like intro that is just it literally is just like pure noise Mm -hmm. uh but then it goes into you know just crazy black metal riffs crazy grindcore riffs the drumming is excellent um all the musicianship is just awesome and it's tight as hell Mm -hmm. uh there's a very short funky jam at the beginning of the song rust that could be on a 311 song. I mean, it it would not sound out of place on a 311 album, which totally throws you off because like the three songs before it have nothing like that mm-hmm. going on at all. But then all of a sudden it goes into just straight up black metal that it it could totally be on something from Dark Throne or Mayhem. And then it goes into like this chaotic noise outro that, Is just, it sounds like, you know, the end of like old school grunge songs where they would just let the feedback ring Mm -hmm. out for like 30 minutes or or 30 minutes, 30 seconds at the end of the song. Mm -hmm. And it it all does this in a matter of 90 seconds. So it's like a three part song in 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. And that's really how this uh, record seems to be designed. Mm -hmm. It's got some great noise squalls that, I mean, they honestly sound like lasers. I can't tell if they're using, um, I'm assuming it's guitar effects because mm-hmm. I don't think there's any synths on this thing, but at times they almost make the guitar sound mm-hmm. like a synth. Like there's almost like this, this is going to sound ridiculous, but almost like a science metal aspect to it mm-hmm. or something. For sure. Very experimental. Um, and when I say science metal, I don't mean like really mathy, although it is kind of mathy in some mm-hmm. parts because you could see this group being on like a bill with Dillinger escape plan or something. But I wouldn't say that the music itself when it comes to like structure would be like mathy or anything. Mm-hmm. But it's very very devastating, very just in your face. And the thing that I really like about it is that it they utilize the high and low vocals very very well. They don't mm-hmm. really overuse either one of them. Um it's like it's like they almost know when to use them properly Mm -hmm. i guess at least in my mind it's i don't know maybe that's a weird description but to me that's what it sounds like um but yeah if you're really into chaotic music um you know if you're into grindcore black metal noise rock i really think that you would like this it's very short um in your face and i think this is exactly what you might be looking for uh what did you think eric
0: yeah i i liked it a lot um uh the only description i could really come <laughs> up with was blackened crusty electronic black death.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I guess That's i could take perfect. out the second
0: black. So blackened crusty electronic death. That's uh what i came up with for this. Uh but yeah, it goes a number of places. Like almost an infinite amount of places, you know? I there's parts that are D beat, there's crust, there's grind, uh thrash to an extent at some points. Um yeah, it's very crisp and sort of like clear, high frequency recording for this style. Like a lot mm-hmm. of times, crust, I think, kind of relishes in sort of that low fineness of everything and that murky sort of thing. And this doesn't really do that. I think it's really trying to have the instruments heard and show how tight things are. And um, so that's a a little bit different than other stuff I've heard maybe in the same sort of realm. Yeah. Like I said, it's very clean and technical. The playing is very tight, but there are lots of crazy broken instrument, broken amp pedal kind of sounds happening. You know, it's like almost electronic noise at certain points um and they are like interludes or at least like buffers between songs you know yeah um and there are moments where where it's almost like digital hardcore level like one of my favorite things about alec empire stuff is like a lot of the songs just sort of destroy themselves you know like they just get so wild and broken that they just sort of peter out into like just chaos you know and I hear that a lot in this recording, too, where it's just like it gets to the point that what we're hearing is effectively instruments breaking is what the sound is. But, yeah, like I was saying, it's not as doomy and sort of dark and foggy, you know, like a lot of stuff is. This is really kind of upbeat, even though it is really heavy. It it doesn't bring me down. I don't know how to describe that. But, um, yeah, it kind of creates its own sort of world. And you're just kind of there for 17 minutes, like truly immersed for 17 minutes. And that that's pretty cool. I had, I had fun listening to it. I'm not as big into extreme metal as I sometimes pretend to be like, cause I'm a huge poser, Uh but I'm not, <laughs> this isn't what I listen to all the time for sure. And uh but this is really different. I think it had it has a lot of elements that separate it from other extreme metal. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like Dan said, I would say if you're into kind of high energy, uh, crusty black metal stuff, but also like that sort of glitch element to it all too, I think you'll really enjoy it. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you probably would be more into, uh, extreme metal for real if you hadn't just discovered metallica from stranger, right. stranger things
0: yeah it, it's i got a long way to go i'm starting to realize i mean just with metallica mm-hmm. i didn't know they had i i thought that was a new single so i didn't even realize that was from an album it's if also I were you, called I would, master of
1: puppets if i were you i'd go out and check out their album reload okay that's yeah that's the uh that's what i would start with
0: mm-hmm. and it that one has really cool cover
1: art right that's really cool cover art. That's exactly. not totally fucking disgusting. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> is that the one that they use semen for? Oh man. Is that yeah. is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. What in the I wanna know.
0: And then they called the record load. I mean, yeah, they're really fucking gross. Reload, yeah. That is
1: gross, dude. I <laughs> actually want to know. Uh I wish that I would have been working for their record company at that time because I would have loved to have been at the meeting yeah, where right? the band decided that because yeah. I mean there's no way Metallica thought of that yeah. on their own did they well it's just it's so
0: gross I mean it's just like yeah it's like hey I'm James Hetfield I know I'm fucking 40 but <laughs> people really want to think about my loads
1: like fuck no they don't He's nasty <laughs> yeah. you're well, nasty <laughs> to be fair all throughout rock history and rap history to be honest there's been mm-hmm. that kind of level of you know i mean yeah yeah look at like nick jagger you know like
0: he he used the semen in his record cover no
1: but obviously you know the rolling stones didn't they sung yeah. about sexual things they are the nasty
0: time. and they are uh nasty. my favorite thing i just heard it yesterday was um uh, yeah, start it's, get, start me up at the end of that song. He starts uh, singing, She'll make a dead man come.
1: Like, are you serious? Yeah, says,
0: it's so gross. He says it twice.
1: So they were influenced by weekend of Bernie's. Um, <laughs> like everything yeah. in the 80s yeah. was influenced by that damn movie. <laughs> maybe
0: people are just into necrophilia a lot more
1: necrophilia and cocaine and cocaine <laughs> bitch uh, beaches you know beach houses in mean, the 80s was the decade beach of, uh, mausoleums <laughs> beach mausoleums uh they they <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they were definitely Duh. Duh. murders mm-hmm. you know murder uh, the <laughs> 80s was the decade of decadence i mean motley crew told us that
0: mm-hmm. that's true
1: um but um i was also Uh, gonna say since we're talking about songs and we shouldn't be we really should be reviewing you i know know (laughs) but real quick i did find out since we're talking about songs that you know did you know that summer of 69 Mm -hmm. is not about the summer of 1969 (laughs) it's actually about a
0: sexual position yeah, sixty nine, dude. But none no, of the just lyrics. To, I, none I of the lyrics,
1: like yeah. the
0: lyrics, don't no, indicate he that. says he says. Uh, the first line is, "I ate my first real." B-. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so what was your cancel?
1: What was your big <laughs> <your> <laughs>
0: All right, so my pick. This is one of the few times where uh, I actually heard something on the radio, and then decided, "Whoa, I'm gonna co- I'm gonna review that." Like maybe this is the only time to be honest. Um, but yeah, they played it on the eighty nine point seven station up here in mm-hmm. Iowa City, and uh, I thought, "Wow, that's that's pretty good. It's right up my alley." Uh, the group is called King Hannah. The record's called I'm Not Sorry, I Was Just Being Me, came out this year of Our Lord 2022. Um, they are from Liverpool. It consists of Craig Whittle and Hannah Merrick. I wonder if she's really related to Joseph Merrick, the elephant man. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, because I don't think he had any children. Okay, so anyway, welcome to History of the Elephant Man with Dan and Eric.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> he started out as yeah, a young kid, yeah, as a young elephant boy. <laughs> Stupid. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, King Hannah. Yeah, it's um this record. They know exactly what they want to do, and they do it. I have as a description sort of like slinky, twangy, atmospheric, indie rock. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, And here, I'll get to the crux of this whole thing. Uh, King Hannah, where their influences not just on their sleeve, but right out there. It's like almost too much. And I don't want this to sound like a negative review, but honestly, if you like... P.J. Harvey or Portishead or The Bad Seeds, Chris Isaac, Mazzy Star, Julie Cruz, um, you know stuff in that vein. This is one hundred percent it. Super well done, super good. But yeah, at a certain point, it, uh, I, I don't know if influence kind of becomes like I don't know how to say it. I don't want to say they're copying any of this, but it's just very much what it is. They were like, we love these three or four bands and we're going to make songs just like they make. And so like, there are songs on here that if someone said this is the new PJ Harvey, I'd say, okay, yep. Or this is the new Portishead. I'd be like, yeah, it kind of sounds like they're going back to the first record kind of stuff. You know, like it just is almost too on the nose, which is weird because this record actually check so many boxes of things that I love. I like, I really like what they do here and it's really well done. Perfectly done. You know, I, I don't know, know how to do this review. Cause what it comes down to is I really liked it and I think it's super cool, but I just think the influences are a little too prominent. And the thing about that too, though, is like when we were talking about Metallica and, and new generations and stuff, I have to remember that these are young people making music probably for other young people. Okay. So they're finding things that they like from the past and updating it and turning it into their own thing. And that can't be a negative thing, but anyway, onto the music, uh, real heavy on the guitar twang, lots of reverb tremolo, really nice overdriven tube kind of tones. Uh, yeah. The guitars sound amazing. All the music sounds amazing. Uh, vocally, like I said, very much in the vein of PJ Harvey, uh, hope Sandoval from Mazzy star Beth Gibbons, but also I do think Hannah, uh, Merrick does have her own sound vocally. And so I don't want this to sound like all the, I'm saying these guys just sound like other people. If you like all that stuff, it is a slam dunk that you're going to like this. I mean, because it's so influenced, Yeah. And so I don't want that to sound negative because at the end of the day, I really enjoyed the record. And if you like the stuff I mentioned, you're going to like it too. And it's just because the, the influences are right there front and center and it, but it's really well done and you can tell that they love that music. They're not just taking without any reciprocity, you know, uh, but it is, it's super good. I think it's great. And I would suggest if you like that stuff that you give it a listen, what'd you think, Dan?
1: Yes. I also thought that it was really good. I may have a slightly different perspective on what it specifically sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's because I'm maybe not as well with the exception of PJ Harvey. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not as familiar with a lot of the things that you compared it to, Mm -hmm. but I found some other things, interestingly enough, and I'll get to that, that, I thought, musically anyway, the music itself to me uh, was, I would kind of describe it as like a very kind of bluesy, almost like Americana-ish at times. I don't know. I, I don't know. That kind of is, I'm kind of hesitant to use the word Americana, but there are times where it definitely reminds me of that. But on like, sort of like, atmospheric, repetitive, post-rock. And when I say Mm -hmm. repetitive, I mean that they use space in the songs very well. The thing that I really liked about this to me is that the songs are very centered around a rhythm. Mm -hmm. Like, so heavy on the bass, heavy on like the floor toms and things like that Yeah, when it comes to the drums. But then these different sounds from other instruments kind of creep in whether it's i don't know i think i heard a little bit of organ in there mm-hmm. um guitars there's some really great sounds that come in so there's always this like really interesting buildup, mm-hmm. and it's either either builds up to like almost like sound collages um or maybe even like a key change every now and then. Mm-hmm. And then like, there's this one song. I don't remember which one it was, mm-hmm. but it had a horn with effects that mm-hmm. totally just like, and you almost had to be listening. I, I think it was a horn with effects. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Could have totally been something else. That's what it sounded like to me. Um, and it blew my mind,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: listening to that. Cause I was just like, what is this Yeah, it's early on in the record? Um, I'm not sure if you caught on to that or not, Eric. Um, yeah, I
0: don't know if I know the exact it's, moment. It's
1: really yeah. subtly in the background. Like you really kind of have to be, because I listen to everything that we review, I listen to on headphones. Mm-hmm. And and I'm far from an audiophile. Like, you know that, Eric, you're, mm-hmm. you're more into like, I think production and things like that than I am. But that one part, I was just like, I honestly yeah. had to go back and listen to it a couple of times. Cause I was like, this is blowing my mind, whatever they're using right mm-hmm. now. But I really liked the structure of the songs because they were mm-hmm. based on repetitiveness. Um, but also like changes throughout. I think that they really do a good job of utilizing different, like different sounds and stuff like that throughout, like over top of like the main rhythm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then kind of like it changes the song then changes course and goes kind of turns into something else for a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's, that's one of the things that I really liked about it. Um, It's got very delicate production. I I think the Mm -hmm. production is great. Some great reverb and tremolo. Awesome. Like you said, some great twang. Mm -hmm. Um, The drums are very focused on, like I, like I mentioned before the Toms and there really isn't a lot of snare being used like mm-hmm. throughout, which I think is really good. Cause I think that suits the music and what they're going for really yeah. well, but there's, yeah. Some, uh, the vocals are amazing. I will say, uh, I do have a couple of very minor gripes. Mm-hmm. Um, there is one song that the, the guy sings in. Right. And yeah. I do have to say, I don't, I, I definitely prefer Hannah's voice. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean that, not that it's bad. I kind of thought like while that song was going on, like if Hannah was doing vocals on this song, I wonder, Mm -hmm. you know, what it would sound like. Um, And that's not a diss at him because it's really, really, it's done really well. Mm -hmm. um, That song in particular, I just, prefer Hannah's vocals. So that one song, mm-hmm. and that's such a minor, that's not even, I wouldn't even call it a gripe because I'm not really saying that I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I really think Hannah's vocals are just really that superb. And um, then uh, the other uh, minor thing that I would say I didn't necessarily care for about a couple of songs on the record, there mm-hmm. are times where it does get a little jammy. Oh, and Mm -hmm. like where, I don't know, like there's one song that was like eight minutes long where I kind of feel like it may have been more effective to cut it off at around the five minute mark for me, but that's totally not, you know, obviously they wanted to keep that part in there for a reason. And Mm -hmm. sometimes those parts are there for a reason. And so maybe I just need to listen to it again. Mm -hmm. And you know, because I kind of felt that way about like Lonesome Crowded West by Modest Mouse when I first mm-hmm. heard it. You know, I was like, eh, "These songs are interesting, but they kind of dragged on a little bit. And then then you listen to it more and more and you realize, well, OK, that's totally what makes this great, <laughs> you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So that would be maybe the only couple, you know, the only thing that I would say that. I would gripe about a little bit, but again, it's minor. And it doesn't affect the quality of the album at all. Mm-hmm. So that's just a couple things that, you know, maybe were not suited to my taste personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but y- you know, I would say that if you're a fan of, like Eric said, PJ Harvey, I definitely do hear the Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds type thing, sort of. But I also think there were parts of this, and this might sound kind of weird, that really sounded like Fiona Apple to me.
0: Oh, sure, absolutely.
1: Yes. Um, now musically, not that I think that they necessarily sounded like it, but it kind of invoked the same sort of feeling to me. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, hmm. um, not the album that we reviewed rated R so much, mm-hmm. but there are later albums from Queens of the Stone Age hmm. where they sort of uh, invoke that sort of atmospheric, like take a little bit on so i mean it's a little bit heavier than this yeah um but just the feeling of it like this kind of reminds me of like i don't know driving through the desert or something sure. at night.
0: yeah i think there's a definite sort of you said americana yeah exactly and i think that sorry to interrupt but i think no, that that okay. term has started to mean specifically things like wilco or exactly,
1: uh, exactly.
0: old 97s or like you know Country fied things or whatever. Sometimes Americana to me means the feeling of open space in America. Exactly. If that makes any sense. Like driving exactly. through the Southwest or driving through the South. Like I can hear Mississippi in this. I know they're from Liverpool. Yeah. But it definitely has like a um, long stretch of a highway through America, exactly. loneliness to it, you know? And I think that's cool.
1: So. Exactly that's kind of why I would compare it to Queens of the stone mm-hmm. age. Cause that that's also in a much different way, how I would describe like Queens to somebody also mm-hmm. the music of Mark Lanigan. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot of that in this. And then also yeah. another group that I don't think has ever been mentioned. There were parts of this that really had that 90s sort of almost like trip hop vibe. Meets, oh, sure. like indie rock yeah. And Mm -hmm. so one band that encompassed that, at least on their first record, was Eels. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so I kind of heard some of that going Mm -hmm. on here. But overall, it was a really interesting, well done. I could definitely see where you're uh, PJ Harvey, I think, is hands down the one the one artist that if you're a fan of PJ Harvey, I really see no reason why you wouldn't be a fan of this.
0: Right. Like at all. And I should say, I feel bad. I don't want to say that. I think that these guys are just ripping other people off. And I, I, I don't think it's nefarious on any, level. right. I think they just love certain things so much that it comes through. It comes through to exactly. a really strong extent. Exactly. Um, and another, I'm sorry to keep interrupting. No, your that's par- okay. portion of the review, but it's kind of cool on Spotify. King Hannah actually has a profile and they have a, a public playlist that's called a well-made playlist. And it literally is all, it seems to be all of the things that influence them. It's like 13 hours long, this playlist, but it's all like, you know, John Prine and Nico and uh, Kurt Vile. And I mean, it's literally PJ Harvey, Portishead, everything that influences them in a playlist that they made. So it's like, I don't like, I'm, I'm not saying they're being nefarious or like trying to pull one over on us. They're very open about what they love. And I, and that's awesome. I don't want it to come off. Like, I don't appreciate that. It's just every once in a while, it's like, yeah, "Hmm, that's, that's that's a heavy homage, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Anybody who's into any of the stuff that, yeah. Eric and I mentioned should definitely Mm -hmm. check this out. Yeah,
0: you're going to love it.
1: (laughs) You're going to love it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So that brings us to the local review. It does. Yeah. Uh, So the local review this week, this episode, uh, we're going to talk about Glass Ox. Um, We're going to talk about the record Out of Your Mind came out in 2020. And the single Rogue Sons that just came out. And the only reason we're really including that is I think it's going to be probably kind of a precursor to the new album that's supposed to be coming out in the fall. So um, it'll give us a little insight into what might be coming on that album. So anyway, uh, Glass Ox uh, is kind of a Des Moines slash Marshalltown deal, I think. I only know one member, uh, Bo Becker. He's in um, Modern Life is War and Land of Blood and Sunshine. And I've only met Bo a few times, and he seemed like a very quiet kind of guy on this uh, record. He does not seem like a quiet kind of guy. We'll get into that. Uh, Rounding out the group is Javi uh, Rodriguez on drums and Matthias Hina on bass. Yeah. So Glass Ox. I had a ton of fun listening to this. I thought it was a really interesting take on just heavy music in general. I'd have a hard time putting this into any real solid category. It's mostly just like heavy, heavy rock, I guess. Um, really intense stuff, but somehow really fun within that intensity. Uh, musically, I don't know. It goes a lot of places and a lot of places that don't seem necessarily like they would work together, but I think they absolutely do there. I think there's a real heavy sort of Jesus lizard kind of feel to some of it. What was that record label? Jesus lizard was on
1: uh, touch and go.
0: Yeah. So touch and go has a sound from what I've heard. I don't listen to a lot of bands on there, but I've always heard this touch and go sound kind of idea. And I would say that sort of applies here, at least my understanding of it. But I would also say there's elements of Nirvana. There's some unabashed grunge going on here, but there's also some really like straightforward kind of heavier stuff, like played straight is what I mean, like Motorhead. And then there's a little like proto thrash elements at times like diamond head, but then also some eighties hair elements like Motley Crue. And this is all, I'm just talking about the music. So, like I said, I think that's just kind of an amalgamation of heavier things, but it doesn't come off to me as extreme or whatever. It just comes off as wound up just kind of with some energy, you know, Uh, vocally, I think, Bo like I said, meeting him and knowing him as sort of a quiet dude, it's surprising what the vocals sound like. They're really intense and really cool. It's somewhere between maybe like Venom and Al Jorgensen from Ministry. Like it's sort of shouted. It doesn't mean it doesn't have a melody or musicality, but it just has a, sort of shouted element to it, which is super fun and kind of plays back into the Jesus lizard element of it, or even motorhead or whatever, like the delivery of the vocals has that sort of feeling to it. And then the background vocals and even some of the main vocals, like on the last track of the record, they actually reminded me a lot of uh, big business or uh, fugazi, like sort of slightly out of tune harmonies uh really Really cool though. I love the vocals on the whole thing. So uh, yeah, super fun mix of styles. I think to the point that it truly sounds like a singular vision instead of just a hodgepodge of these elements. I think that the influences are there to be seen, but it's only, only as sort of glue for this sort of singular idea. And I think it comes off as really, really cool. Uh, the rogue sons single to me just sounded maybe a little more epic and a little more slightly with a little more drone to it, or at least, um, moments of downtime sludginess, I guess, but, uh, I would check out the record and I'm really excited for the new record coming out in the fall. Uh, glass socks is going to be at the gas lamp on August 12th. And I think that you should go see them. And if you don't, at least uh, listen to this record because it's really cool. What'd you think, Dan?
1: Uh, Yeah, I also had a blast listening to this record. Um, In a weird sort of way, it was like future nostalgia to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because it had a very um, familiar sound on one Mm -hmm. hand, something that kind of harkened back to when I was like, in my early twenties, a little bit mm-hmm. like the sort of hardcore indie punk stuff. That was really kind of coming up from the underground around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was also very forward thinking. So it kind of had like a, like a future of punk sort of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a lack of a better way to describe it, the riffs, were very very cool musically i thought that it was fantastic i definitely hear the jesus lizard element that you heard as well mm-hmm. eric some of it reminded me a little bit of like like you said fagazzi and but then yeah i also heard a lot of metal like there's a huge metal influence on mm-hmm. this like all throughout to the point where it like i almost thought they were going to go into like a metal anthem a couple of times yeah like with the riff now vocally i your your take was very interesting i really like mm. that eric um mm-hmm. but what he kind of reminded me of was this band that i used to listen to a long time ago called small brown bike mm. very gravelly sort mm-hmm. of almost gutter punkish okay but with a lot of melody sort of going on as well yeah. and also the other guy that he reminded me of was um, the singer of planes mistaken for stars. He just passed away. Jared, he just passed away. And mm-hmm. honestly, like the guy's vocals, uh, who's the singer again, Eric? Uh, bow Bo Becker, Bo Becker. Mm-hmm. His vocals reminded me a lot of planes mistaken for stars, small mm. Brown bike, kind of hot water music. That sort okay. of gravelly, almost guttural sort mm-hmm. of like melodic punk. Mm. Cool. But there, there was also like just this was more metallic than like those mm-hmm. bands. Like this was just really fun. It almost gave me the feeling of like, I don't know, just like running mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. Like it was just really energetic. For like sure. it made me want to get up and do something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, uh, but then there was also that one track that was basically like a almost like a John Carpenter synth. Like instrumental, mm-hmm. sort of towards the end. Uh, so there were some like I don't know if it was synths. That one kind of almost felt like John Carpenter. So then like it kind of had like a
0: yeah, like the big organ. Yeah, organ uh, song. Yeah, Re, uh, so that region one had is the name. Yeah, that region. Song. That's
1: it. Yep. It kind of had almost like a horror vibe to it mm-hmm. in a way. Like yeah. it almost felt like you were entering a haunted house or something. Like it was right. really cool. And yeah. so yeah, this this I think is like the one, I guess the best way I would describe it is like, sort of just like dark guttural punk, Mm -hmm. but like metallic. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. Like I struggle to even try and like describe it, but it definitely has at the root of it, some sort of punk. I can't really find the words to completely describe it, but I think if you're a fan of, planes mistaken for stars if you're a fan of you know small brown bike if you're a fan of the jesus lizard if you're a fan of um i I mean we'll even say ministry if if ministry was not an industrial band (laughs) um you know i think even if you're a fan a little bit of like not vocally at all but black metal like there was a lot of like black metal style riffs kind of going on here Mm -hmm. you know I think you could find something that you would like on it. I I thought it was really well done. Nice. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Yeah. Dark fun speed punk.
1: Dark fun (laughs) speed punk. I think that probably is it right there.
0: That's That's what I'm coming up with
1: that. No, that's actually a great description. Cool.
0: Shows. Shows guys. There's some shows.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Get your shows. Hot shows. (laughs) Get your shows. Why don't you win the little lady some shows? (laughs) Come over and test your
0: luck. Tiny shows. It's time. It's happening. Here's the shows. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) Friday the 15th, this is at Gabe's in Iowa City. This is some grindy, deathy, sludgy, thrashy kind of night stuff here night music um <laughs> deterioration <laughs> did i say gabe's iowa city i, I think yeah so. probably uh deterioration that says they're american grindcore legends i don't know them um ah, I, i've I'm never not heard of them. a big grindcore person traffic death you know yeah um acoustic guillotine classic Ooh, cool. uh and night of the Living Shred. Colorado Springs thrash stuff so big brutal show there Friday the 15th low is gonna be here uh that's mm. at the raccoon motel on July 15th uh low with divide and dissolve uh yeah it's low and then on the 16th of July it's a Saturday uh at the gas lamp We have Electro Beast and Gut Feeling, uh, which is cool. Instantly starts playing Gut Feeling by Devo in my head, which is pretty much always playing anyway, so it just amplifies it. Um, But yeah, that should be cool. Then, From Nothing House in Alito, Illinois. I don't know where that's at.
1: Whoa! There's a house in house venue in alito
0: illinois i yeah from nothing huh house so i don't know anything about that so you'll have to get in touch with um the people playing morbid circle uh they do dark electronic stuff blue movies from the qc Mm -hmm. love me some blue movies um yeah it looks like a, a real sort of happening there so, I would get a hold of blue movies, maybe. So, anyway, that's happening. Yeah. So, that's cool. Mini love, morbid cycle, and blue movies. All right. Sweet. Uh, and then that same day, July 16th, Boggs Hall Avenue Tavern, uh, which is in, it looks like it's uh, in Des Moines. So, uh, it's Bomb Blast. Mm-hmm. They're from Nebraska, punk ska core. That's cool. Yeah, uh, top notch defective skate punk from Lincoln. The Getaways, Des Moines punk, and Big B Wood, Des Moines punk, and Americature, Des Moines punk.
1: So Those are some
0: really cool names. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be a pretty sweet ass show. Yeah, it would be. Uh, July seventeenth. This is at the Gas Lamp. It is Pillars, Anthropollution, <laughs> Woods. And stars, I believe that's one group. Woods and stars, a lot of heavy stuff, sludge, crust, doom, uh,
1: electronic.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that's cool. And then, uh, just in case we don't get to it, uh, Tuesday the 19th, there's also uh, City of the Week, the Almas, and Monica Austin. This is at mm-hmm. the Skylark. So this looks like more like um uh rock music. Yeah. Country kind of stuff. Well, so Monica Austin,
1: roll. Monica Austin lives in Muscatine. Oh yeah. And she is a yeah, she's she's country. Cool. So, so. this
0: might be sort of a country rock kind of show yep. is what I'm thinking. Yep. So that's cool. Yeah, some good shows cool. coming up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds really good. So what did we learn today? We learned that Metallica is a new band with Lou yeah. Reed on vocal.
0: Metallica underground.
1: Metallica underground.
0: It's like Dude. Cumberbatch. Metallica
1: Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to talk to us, I wouldn't recommend it. Right. But uh, I, have no, f- for real, though, uh, contact us on Facebook or Instagram the accelerative thrust and uh yeah 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 (laughs) yeah i mean that's really all i
0: got (laughs) best best ending of an episode ever
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) you all have a good week oh my god we're really done bye exactly punk rock, but you know, they're a little too sad to be Mm -hmm. punk rock.